Okay, welcome. I'm Fiona, in case you don't know me. Um, I'm married to Mark and we have five children. Yes, you heard that correctly. We have five children, yes. <laughs> um, the title of my talk today is Amazing Grace, More Than Just a Song. So I would really like to explore afresh today some of the extraordinary events that took place around the writing of this song and how I think it is still relevant for us today. So where does the story start? Next slide, please. So this started for me in November last year when Mark and I went on a cruise. <laughs> Some of you are glazing over at this point thinking, I came to church Easter Sunday and I have to look at somebody's holiday snaps. Promise you there is a point to it. Okay, bear with me. So this here is the beautiful island of St. Kitts where apparently John Newton has connections. So we went on excursion when we were there, and the very first place that we went to was called Independence Square. My next slide, please. And this was a really beautiful green open space, and all around the edges, I don't know if you can see very well, there were these gorgeous colonial-style, beautiful white houses, and the tour guide was giving us some background about the architecture of these amazing houses, and he said, but each one of them hides a dark secret. All of them had a cellar. And in those cellar is where everybody had locked people. And on once day a week, they brought them all out and they were traded as slaves. So that's a bit where you're going, ooh, ah, and then your blood just goes cold inside you when you discover the history of what went on here. So we then went on from there to a little lighthouse Baptist church. Next picture, please. Um, this is a really great little church. We walked in, and uh, on either side in the foyer, it had a mum of the year award and a dad of the year award, uh, which I thought was quite humorous. And I was wondering what you have to do to win the mum and dad of the year award. I wonder if they had like washing up competitions and mowing lawn races and things. But anyway, so we went into this great little church, and... In the church, we watched this video about the life of John Newton and his connection with the island. So in this short biographical film, we found out that he was born in London in 1725. His mum was a Christian. She had in her heart for him to be a minister of the gospel. Tragically, she died when he was six years old of tuberculosis. His dad remarried, he was sent to a boarding school, he was mistreated. At the age of 11, his sailing life began as a ship's apprentice. Years of heavy drinking then began. During his teenage years, he denounced his faith and gained a reputation for using the worst language on board a ship's crew had ever heard, creating obscene songs that got him punished on many occasions on one time even saw him almost starve to death. He deserted the Royal Navy and got himself onto a slave ship where he then began his career in slave trading. Around about 270 years ago, this week, at the age of 23, the ship that he was on was caught in a terrible storm in the middle of the ocean. After watching several crew members get swept overboard and drowned... He was tied to the helm, and there he steered the ship for 11 hours as the storm raged. Has anybody ever been on a dodgy crossing from Dover to Calais? 
11 hours, he was tied to the helm. Okay, so this is the context. It was during the storm that Newton cried out to God that he would have mercy on him and rescue him. And so the story goes, the cargo of the ship miraculously shifted and filled a hole in the ship's hull. The ship made it to shore and he survived. He saw that as a direct answer to his prayer, that God would rescue him and have mercy on him. That was the point where he started reading the Bible and his life slowly began to change. He did continue for some time as a slave trader and at the age of 29, his misspent youth caught up with him. He had a stroke and his sailing days were over. Ten years later, he was ordained as an Anglican priest. William Wilberforce was very much influenced by Newton's life and preaching. And it is thought that it's Newton's first-hand experience detailing the shocking atrocities of the slave trade that were crucial in Wilberforce being able to secure the abolition of slavery in Britain. John Newton wrote the song Amazing Grace on the 1st of January in 1772, when at the start of a new year, he looked back to reflect on his life so far. Many, many, many years later, the song was adapted by the African-American civil rights movement. It was sung before Martin Luther King gave his famous speech, I Have a Dream. Now, It is one of the most recognizable songs in the English-speaking world. It is estimated to be performed 10 million times a year and appears on over 11,000 albums. So what is it that would transform this man? His life characterized by heavy drinking, rebellion, arrogance, profanity, He was a human trafficker. What would turn somebody like that into a follower of Jesus and cause him to spend the rest of his life serving God? Not to put too fine a point on it, he really was a nasty piece of work. On one occasion, his conduct aboard a ship was so bad, the ship's captain actually sold Newton off himself as a slave. He was a slave himself for a short while in Sierra Leone. His father found out about it because a letter was written to him. And dad waded in, paid the money and rescued him and he got set free. To me, that's a beautiful story of the cross, of the Easter story. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you feel like a slave? Do you feel like a slave to your inbox? Your smartphone? Your bank balance or your credit cards? To your boss? Do you feel like a slave to what other people think of you? Do you feel like a slave to your emotions? to your addictions, your habits, your fears, your circumstances. In John 8, in the Bible, Jesus said, Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. 
But if the Son of God sets you free, you will be free indeed. So what is sin? Sin is actually an archery term. It means missing the mark. Missing God's perfect standard for each one of us. The Bible says that every single one of us falls short. Whether you fall short by a little bit or whether your arrow went off in the field somewhere. We all fall short. The whole human race. But God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to come and rescue us. The Bible says that because Jesus died on the cross, he took all our sin and sickness, the suffering, the blame, the punishment, the guilt, all that stuff that we're slaves to, he took it all to the cross. He took it so we don't have to. That's the definition of amazing grace. You've probably heard it described many times as God's riches at Christ's expense. In Mark 10, Jesus said he came to give his life as a ransom for many. That word ransom actually comes from the slave trade. It's where someone comes, pays the full price for a slave, and then sets them free. That's what John Newton's dad came and did for him. And it's what Father God does for us through Jesus. So those people that have got baptized here this morning, what was that all about? Neil, Kleenex alert, mate. Wow. Here's the answer in Romans 6. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. You didn't know you'd come to a funeral this morning, did you? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we united with him in death like this, We are united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self got crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. There's another translation that says that sin is rendered powerless. Love that. Rendered powerless. So that we are no longer slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So wave at me this morning if you're following Jesus and you've been baptized. Neil, first hand in the air. Sin is rendered powerless in your life. That's good news. In Hebrews it says, Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. So Jesus got stripped, flogged, Six-inch nails hammered through his wrists and his feet. He was spat on. He was mocked. Humiliated and rejected. He was left for hours in the burning heat of the day in excruciating pain. And he did that for me and you. And every human being that's ever lived and ever will live 
He did that for the joy of knowing that he made a way for each and every one of us to be rescued from our slavery, have a relationship with Father God, and know forgiveness, freedom, and eternal life. I very recently heard another story about a good father. Um, A few weeks ago, a very famous person died called Billy Graham. Anybody heard of Billy Graham? And his funeral got televised. Did anybody watch it? It was amazing. And Billy Graham had five children. I know. I didn't know that either until I watched this funeral. And each one of them had three minutes to give a tribute to this amazing man. And they all stood up and said little things. And his daughter, Ruth, stood up and said, 17 years ago, no, sorry, after 17 years of marriage, I suffered a divorce. I felt like I'd brought enormous shame on this family. And after some discussion, it was decided that I should probably move away and have a fresh start somewhere. And she did so. And in the process, she met a widower and in her words, started dating fast and furiously. And against the advice of everybody, saying, take it slow, take it slow, take it slow, she married this man. Five weeks later, she fled for her life in fear of this man. She said she had nowhere to go except back home. She had a two-day drive And she said she was going over and over and over in her mind. What was it going to be like when she got home? What was she going to say? And she said they live up the side of a mountain. And as she turned the last corner of the mountain, her dad, Billy Graham, standing in the driveway. And she got out of the car and he said, welcome home. And that's just like God. He's a good father. However much we have messed up, however many mistakes we've made, stupid decisions, he is so full of love and mercy and grace and kindness. So what is our response this morning to this amazing grace? So if you had been a slave and somebody came along to you and said, I'm going to offer to pay the ransom for your life this morning. What would your response be? This morning, Jesus is not only offering to pay a ransom for your sin. He wants to give you freedom from all of those things you feel a slave to. So there are various people here this morning that I feel that God wants to speak to. Some of you are here today. You're an answer to somebody's prayer in your family line. Just like John Newton's mum had it in her heart that her son would become a minister. Some of you here have got a Christian somewhere in your family that's been praying for you. Jesus has featured in your life somewhere at some point. But somewhere along the line, you've stopped walking with him. Maybe the death of a loved one. Maybe a divorce. Maybe a crushing disappointment, or maybe just the stuff of life. Today, as the song goes, God wants to lead you home. Just like Billy Graham's daughter, 
He wants to restore a relationship with you today. There are others of you here today, and you are like my stunning houses that I described in Independence Square in St. Kitts. On the outside, everything looks absolutely fine. But on the inside, you know that the stuff that you're hiding. You are still a slave to sin in some areas. You know what they are. God wants to set you free today. And there are some others. You wouldn't call yourself a Christian, but you've been stirred and moved by being here this morning. You might be considering coming a Christian, but you're concerned about what friends and family would think. If that's you, I want to encourage you this morning that God is speaking to you. You might not realize that. Jesus wants to pay your ransom this morning. He wants to set you free. He wants you to know that freedom and that relationship with a good father. So just over these next few minutes, can I just ask you to think about how you want to respond to this invitation of amazing grace?